Hello, this is Curtis Edwards, Vice President of Investor Relations at Hudson Investing. Are you ready to start building your multifamily portfolio? Kent and I are excited to announce our newest deal in Spartanburg, South Carolina. This 157-unit property offers a unique chance to acquire a B-class value-add property for just $120,000 per door. This is well below replacement costs. De-risking the deal even further is a favorable loan assumption with over six years remaining at 3.73% fixed. With 50 economic development projects underway and 70,000 jobs within a 20-minute drive, the South Carolina upstate region is primed for above-average job, population, and rent growth. Don't miss out on this exclusive deal. Find the link in the description notes to learn how you can invest. Uh, the maintaining word is important because if you don't maintain it properly, uh, someone can pierce the veil, go through the corporation and get at your personal assets. So it's the most overlooked facet of asset protection is uh, you know, maintaining your entity. And so that's why I wrote the book, Veil Not Fail. Welcome to Right Around Real Estate, the show about how to passively invest like a pro. On each episode, I interview real estate experts who give their top investing advice, strategies, and tools, and I break down their insights into practical steps to avoid the pitfalls and make better investments. I want to help you passively invest like a pro. This is Ritter on Real Estate, and I'm your host, Kent Ritter. Hello, fellow investors. Welcome to another episode of Ritter on Real Estate, where we teach you how to passively invest like a pro. Today, my very special guest is Garrett Sutton. Garrett is an attorney, a best-selling author, and one of Robert Kiyosaki's rich dad advisors. Over his 35 years of experience, uh, he's helped many people protect their assets, and he's written numerous books on the subject, his latest of which being Veil Not Fail, which we'll, we'll talk through today. So Garrett, thank you so much for being here. Great to be with you, Kent. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And so as we always do on the show, before we really dig into the nitty gritty, just tell us a little bit about who you are and, and how you got to be where you are today. Well, I grew up in the San Francisco Bay Area and went to the University of California at Berkeley. Uh, got a degree in business, went across the Bay to Hastings Law School, the University of California's law school in San Francisco. And I always liked corporate law. And so I uh, focused on corpus law, corporate law during law school. And then I practiced in Washington, D.C. and San Francisco and just got kind of tired of the big cities and moved to Reno, Nevada for Lake Tahoe and skiing. And it's also a great state to set up entities. So I've been practicing corporate law here for uh, a number of years. And then I became very fortunate to become associated with Robert Kiyosaki and uh, the Rich Dad Advisor team and have traveled around the country and the world uh, talking to people about financial education. There's a great thirst for that information. Uh, all over the world. And so uh, it's been really great to be associated with uh, Robert Kiyosaki and the team, team. And I've written eight books now in the Rich Dad Advisor series. Uh, and we do, like you said, Kent, uh, assist people in protecting their assets, setting up and maintaining corporations and LLCs. Uh, the maintaining word is important because if you don't maintain it properly, 
uh, someone can pierce the veil, go through the corporation and get at your personal assets. So mm -hmm. it's the most overlooked facet of asset protection is, uh, you know, maintaining your entity. And so that's why I wrote the book, Veil Not Fail. Uh, yeah. It's important well, to stay protected. I like that. I definitely want to dig into that. I want to make sure I'm doing all the right things. And right. so bef before we do, though, um, you know, obviously you've been able to have a big impact as a rich dad advisor. And uh, I've always been curious, though, with rich dad advisors, how does one become a rich dad advisor? Well, it's a big secret. I can't tell you. No, <laughs> Robert Kiyosaki uh, identified people that uh, are able to write and communicate uh, the content for the, that supplements the context of the rich dad, poor dad book, which is to shift the way you think about money. Mm -hmm. So you read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, you get that context shift. And then my books help support you in that mission. You, you want to start uh, having assets work for you instead of working your whole life. And Kent, I know you assist people uh, with investments and, and that's important. People need to understand that, you know, that that W-2 income, that that paycheck is not going to be there forever. And you've mm -hmm. got to shift over and start investing uh, in assets that will take care of you into retirement. Uh, so it's it's just been great working with Robert and the team to to spread that message. Yeah, that, no, that's fantastic. And uh, yeah, just always curious. I hear these rich dad advisors. I wonder if you guys are just all like huddling in a group, you know. <laughs> putting putting together the, these amazing deals, and uh, it sounds like that that actually may may be the case. So um, so as we as we dig in to what we're focused on, asset protection, I, I think that's a, I think it's something that sounds cool, but is pretty vague. And, and I think people probably think of a lot of different things when they think of asset protection. So can you define it for us and, and tell us like specifically what we're focusing on here? Well, when you think of asset protection, you should also think of the word litigation, all right? We live in the most litigious society on earth. People are suing each other all the time. Mm -hmm. And we're not going to change that system, right? It's just, you know, attorneys get a contingency fee. Attorneys get 30 to 40% of what they collect from insurance companies and individuals. So there's this incentive out there for attorneys to sue people. You and I aren't going to change that, Kent. But at the same time, there are laws in place to allow us to protect ourselves. And they don't teach this in school, unfortunately. You have to get the information on your own. Uh, many of my clients, perhaps some of your clients, Kent, learn it the hard way. You know, you get sued that first time and you realize, geez, I shouldn't have held mm -hmm. these properties in my individual name because mm -hmm. someone's suing them can not only get what's in my bank account, but they can get all the equity in my property. So you want to take steps right at the start to use corporations and in some cases, I mean, LLCs, and in some cases, corporations uh, to protect yourself. So that's what it means, asset protecting, protecting your assets from our litigious society. Gotcha. And, and the fundamental concept of that is, is really not holding anything in your personal name. Is that kind of where it starts? Yeah. So if you hold the duplex in your individual name, get sued, someone can reach it. If you hold the duplex in an LLC, uh, there are two types of attack. The inside attack, 
is where the tenant who's renting from the duplex LLC sues. They can get what's inside that duplex LLC. Importantly, mm -hmm. they can't get what's outside it. Mm -hmm. So we wouldn't put 10 properties into one LLC because the tenant mm -hmm. could get the equity in all 10. Uh, so maybe you have one or two properties per LLC, and then the remaining eight properties are in other LLCs. We don't want to create a target-rich LLC for an inside attack. Now, the, the other attack is the outside attack, where you get in a car wreck, Kent. It has nothing to do with the real estate. They want to get at your real estate. If we're in a good state like Nevada or Wyoming, they can't barge in and force a sale of the asset in that LLC. They have to wait for distributions to be mm -hmm. made. So the inside attack where the tenant sues is one set of rules, it's the same in all 50 states. The outside attack where the car wreck victim sues, there it's very dependent on what state you choose uh, for the formation of your entity. So we can talk about the good states. Um, a, a state like California, says, mm -hmm. all right, Mr. Car Reg victim, you know, Kent owes you money, go ahead and force a sale of the asset inside that California LLC. That is not gotcha. your protection. Uh, but if we have the California LLC owned by a Wyoming LLC, that's what you own is the Wyoming LLC. And in Wyoming, they say, you know, I'm sorry, Mr. Car Reg victim, you can't come in here and force a sale of the asset. We're only gonna let you receive distributions from the Wyoming LLC. And that's not a good use of the attorney's time. They don't yeah. wanna hire an attorney in Wyoming and monitor distributions. So it's a, it's a roadblock. We like putting up as many roadblocks uh, as possible mm -hmm. to protect our assets. And, and is that called a charging order? Yeah, that's the charging order, which applies future to distributions. Yeah. yeah, gotcha. Gotcha. So maybe one thing I've always wondered is, okay, let's, let's play your, your scenario out, right? You've got uh, the California, but then you've got Wyoming. So you've got, you've got a Wyoming LLC sitting between you and the creditor. Right. Um, but let's say I live in Indiana. So how, how does it play out if I live in, the, in, in Indiana, I have an LLC over here in Wyoming and maybe a property in, in, that, in a third state? Am I still well, protected because it has to go through Wyoming? Yes. So you live in Indiana, the car wreck is in Indiana, right? Mm -hmm. And I always recommend that people have insurance. You're going to have uh, your home and your auto with the same insurance company. And then you can ask for an umbrella policy, which is mm -hmm. an extra coverage that you can get. And typically for a million dollars of extra coverage, it's only $400 a year. And so, you know, the car wreck is one of the biggest risks out there. And so you get in that car wreck and you have an umbrella policy. So the attorney on a contingency knows how to get at the insurance money. That's the pot of red meat that they can get at. If they want to go, oh, if, if the insurance isn't enough, then they want to go after your personal assets. Well, your personal assets are a Wyoming LLC that holds a California LLC, an Indiana LLC, an Ohio LLC. We don't need a new Wyoming for every state mm -hmm. holding LLC. And so they have to go through the Wyoming LLC to get at your other properties and in Wyoming, the exclusive remedy is the charging order. And so the attorney 
has to hire an attorney in Wyoming to get the court order. The court order says if any distributions come out of the Wyoming LLC, they go to the car wreck victim. So that's not a good use of the attorney's time. And they'd rather go on to the next contingency case that has right, plenty right. of insurance money. The low so hanging we like fruit. To, what's that? The low hanging fruit, right? Exactly. They're going to go we after like the to have the fruit. insurance as the low hanging fruit. The second line of defense are these entities uh, put in the right states. Uh, Wyoming, Nevada, Delaware are good. And then we just don't see attorneys going after the Wyoming LLC. It's it again, it's not a good use of their time. Yeah. So you mentioned the, I know you said good states, you mentioned Wyoming. Um, I mean, it, as far as it sounds like basically your holding company should sit in, in Wyoming or, or Correct. and then your, your property LLCs, I mean, they're going to be in the state of where you own the property, right? Is that correct? Correct. See the, you know, if, if you're in Indiana, you've got a property in Indiana, you're collecting rents in Indiana, you're part of yeah. the Indiana tax system. Right. And, you know, if, if there's a lawsuit, you've got to be able to go into court in Indiana, which means you need uh, an LLC that's registered to do business there. Mm -hmm. And again, the rule is the same in all 50 states. The tenant on the inside attack can get what's inside the, uh, the LLC. It doesn't yeah. matter if it's a Wyoming LLC or an Indiana LLC. They right. can get what's inside there. The Wyoming, though, hold the, the Wyoming parent is the one that gives us that asset protection from the outside attack. From the outside attack. So if it's inside right. attack, it's limited to that specific, what's in that specific LLC. Correct. Outside attack, you got this Wyoming or other state, perhaps talk about holding company. That's kind of that blocking them from getting up here and then over here you know, to the yep. other ones. Is that right? Right. Yep. Gotcha. Well, so I, in my book, Loopholes of Real Estate, we go through all go. that. We have charts that explain it because I'm visual. I need to yeah. see the chart. And so in the book, uh, Loopholes, we do talk about all the strategies for asset protection, including using the parent holding company. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I love that idea. And so let's talk about uh, the new book, Veil Not Fail. You talk about piercing the corporate veil. Now, that's another thing that, I mean, that can mean a lot of different things. So explain to us what piercing the corporate veil is. All right. So we set up an LLC. Piercing the veil applies to LLCs as well as corporations. We set up the LLC and we, we've paid the state money for this charter of limited liability. You know, you got to keep paying the state every year or you lose that uh, limited liability. Mm -hmm. And so we set up the entity and the state says, not only do you have to pay us, to keep this limited liability. You've got to have a meeting once a year. You've got to have a separate bank account apart from your personal bank account. You got to file your tax returns every year. And these are called corporate formalities. These are very easy things to do. But if you don't follow the corporate formalities, uh, a judge uh, or perhaps a jury can say, look, you know, the state had these easy rules for you to follow and you didn't follow them. And so in the case where the tenant sues and the LLC has no money in it, right, for, their, for them to collect, then the attorney for the tenant says, look, I don't think they followed all the rules. And so they, because the LLC has no money, they can pierce through the veil of protection and get at the owner's personal assets. 
So, you know, we don't want that to happen. Piercing the veil is not a good thing. Right. And what's interesting, Kent, is it happens in half of all cases. 50% of the time, the veil is pierced. They go through the LLC and reach the assets of the individual owners. So that, it, that means a lot of people are not following these simple corporate formalities. And right. here's the thing, Kent, a lot of people have set their entities up online and they don't know that they have these ongoing rules. Mm -hmm. And so it's important. And that, that's why I wrote this book, Bail Not Fail, because not enough people know the rules. And in half of all cases, they're piercing the bail. And is this something that's different state by state as well? Or is this kind of a nationwide? Well, it, it is state by state. Some states are stricter than others. Uh, but, you know, following the formalities is, is easy to do state by state. It, you know, if you follow, if you miss on two formalities, some states may pierce the veil. If you, it may take six misses on some other states. But by following all of the rules, you're going to be protected. Gotcha. Gotcha. So it's really, it sounds like there's a simple set of rules you need to follow, which is kind of more administrative than anything else. And, and, and I'm sure that's more complicated because I know there's a whole book on the subject, but it sounds like it, if you take one thing away from, from this podcast, follow the simple rules. Right. Exactly. Now you're supposed to have a meeting once a year and plenty of promoters say, oh, with LLCs, you don't have to have meetings. Well, mm -hmm. I don't want to be in front of a judge or a jury saying, your honor, I, I don't have to have meetings. And the attorney on the other side says, you know, you've run this duplex for 10 years. How do you run a duplex like this without ever having a meeting? You mm -hmm. know, I want to mm -hmm. have a corporate minute book filled with meeting minutes and note that they're called meeting minutes, not meeting hours. It's not mm -hmm. hard to do. You just fill out a form. We give you a book that shows you how to do the minutes. We give you the templates so you can do it yourself. Uh, so you want to have the annual meetings. Now, if you haven't done that, we can clean it up for you. Don't tell anyone. But, you know, our, we have a service where we can clean up uh, your corporation. Uh, you've you got to have up. a rich. What's that? Can I get you caught up? Yeah, get you caught up, get you uh, back to being square. Yeah, uh, You also have to have a registered agent in the state mm -hmm. where you form the business and where you're uh, qualified to do business. And if you don't have that registered agent, that's not a good thing. That means that the, they can uh, pierce the veil on you. They can go after you. Uh, you. They can go after the corporation, get a judgment because the, the corporation didn't follow the rules and have a registered agent then they pierce the veil and go after you personally. Uh, separate bank account, not, uh, you need a business bank account. You can't run an LLC uh, operation through your personal bank account. They're gonna pierce the veil in a heartbeat on that yeah. one. Uh, yeah. Separate tax returns, uh, this, this all in the book. Gotcha, gotcha. And yeah, I think one thing that, that I learned uh, is, because you mentioned separate tax returns. Well, if you're a sole member LLC, right. You're, you don't have a separate tax return. You, you need right. to create a partnership, essentially, right? To be able to develop an extra tax, the, the actual yeah, tax Yeah, if return. you are a single member LLC um, and, and everything flows onto your personal return, they're not going to pierce the veil because the IRS okay. allows that. So you're right. okay if you have uh, the single member disregarded entity tax return. That's allowed okay. by the IRS. So that's not grounds for piercing the veil. 
Okay, good to know. But if you are a partnership, you do have to have that separate tax return. I gotcha. So, so you have a, you had a topic on here uh, that we brought up about the good, bad, and, and ugly entities and, and, and the, the differences of choosing the right one. And so, so this one I, I think is extremely gray and it's also not something that's, well, maybe it's not gray, but at least in my understanding, when I first started, it was very gray. I had to talk to a lot of attorneys and accountants and spend a lot of money to figure this out. And it's not something that's taught in a lot of real estate courses. They seem to just kind of glaze over this piece of actually you're like, Oh, I got a property. Now I need to set up all the entities to actually make this thing work. So, so educate us on this piece. Well, we have the good, the bad, and the ugly for business. Uh, and we have the good, the bad, and the ugly for real estate. So let's talk about real estate. Cause that's uh, your listeners main interest. Um, you know, the, the bad entity would be the sole proprietorship or ha- holding title in your individual name. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no asset protection there. Um, the good entity is the LLC. I mean, they're for 100% of the time, my clients will set up an LLC to hold real estate. In some cases, it could be a limited partnership uh, if there's estate planning issues. But uh, most of the time, uh, we will set up an LLC to take title to the real estate. And that's an important thing, Kent. When people set up the LLC, you have to take that second step and transfer title into the name of the LLC. Uh, Mm -hmm. If you don't do that, title's still in your individual name and you're not protected. So take Mm -hmm. that second step and get title into the name of the LLC. The ugly entity... Uh, for real estate, uh, there are two. One is the C-Corp. With a C-Corporation, you have double taxation. And, you know, back in the day before there ever were LLCs, they've only been around since 1971. Um, Back in the day, people would put real estate into a corporation um, and you'd have that double tax. Well, the difference now between an LLC and a a C-Corp, with a C-Corp, you'll pay on a $400,000 gain, you'll probably pay another 100000 in extra taxes. So, you know, the C-Corp for holding real estate is an ugly way to do it. And mm-hmm. then because of all the misinformation out there about land trusts, I mean, land trusts are an ugly way to take title to real estate. Uh, these people claim that you have all this privacy and secrecy, but, you know, when you get sued, you want to know right away that you've been sued so you can get notice to your insurance company. If you're using a land trust and, and people uh, can't find out where to, you know, where to locate you, well, all they have to do is go to court and say, look, we've tried to find the beneficiary of this land trust and we can't. And the court says, all right, well, you tried. Um, you can publish notice in the newspaper. And you know, in the back, the legal section where it's that two-point type that you'll never yeah, see, yeah. <laughs> they, they publish notice. We're suing this land trust. You're not going to get that notice. You don't answer it. They go back to court and say, Your Honor, we tried to serve them. We couldn't find them. We published notice in the newspaper. They didn't answer. And the court says, okay, default judgment. You win. And then you find out that you lost the case. And you try and turn it over to your insurance company and they say, well, we didn't get timely notice. So this whole idea of privacy with the land trust is uh, it's a fallacy. 
So uh, we like the LLC for holding title to real estate, or even if you're a passive investor going into a syndication, an LLC is a great way to hold title to an, an interest in a limited partnership or a syndicated LLC. Yeah, and, and that's a great point. I appreciate you bringing that up because, I mean, a lot of our investors are are those passive investors that are investing in these various LLCs. And so in that case, I mean, you still you still always face that, that outside risk, right? You always yeah. face the risk of, God forbid, you get in a car accident, right? And, and it's your fault and somebody goes after your assets, whether that's a passive, whether you actually own a building or you own shares in an LLC that you've invested in, in a syndication, right? right. Those are still your assets and still something that, that somebody could go after. Right. And so when you get in that car wreck and, uh, you know, the insurance doesn't cover it, they have the ability to call you into court uh, for what's called a debtor's exam. And they can ask you what you own. And that's another fallacy of the land trust. When you're a court, you have to tell the truth. Yeah, I own Mm -hmm. this land trust. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't lie to the court. So you go to court and you say, look, I own 5% of a syndicated LLC through a Wyoming LLC. And the attorney goes, oh, God, it's a Wyoming LLC. Uh, I'm going to have to hire an attorney in Wyoming to get, you know, a lien on the distributions. It's just not a good use of their time. Uh, But when you go to court, you tell the truth. And I want you to walk into court and stand tall and say, yeah, this is held in a Wyoming LLC, knowing that you're protected. And so I I think there's like... I think a common misconception of asset protection is, is that you're trying to hide your assets. And I think that's the point that you're making is like, it's not about hiding your assets. At a certain point, they're going to call you in and you're going to have to tell the truth. Or you're going to be in contempt. It's, it's just about protecting the assets. Right. And you raise a really great point, Kent. This is not about stealth. It's about structure, mm-hmm. right? Stealth gets you into trouble. Now, Wyoming's great. They don't list your name on the state website and people like that privacy. Uh, But when you get into court, you tell the truth and you have the structure in place. You have a Wyoming LLC where the exclusive remedy is the charging order, uh, the lien on distributions. And we just don't see a lot of attorneys going after Wyoming LLCs because of the problems with monitoring that. Let them go on to the next case that has plenty of insurance. Right. So you mentioned, you've mentioned Wyoming a lot, but I mean, the ones I hear about Delaware, Wyoming, Nevada, I think Arizona, probably. Um, What, which, what's the difference between, okay. So what are the top ones? Is is it Wyoming, Delaware, Nevada? Are are those kind of top picks? And then what's the the difference? Okay. The, All three states offer excellent asset protection. Uh, It's great. You know, some of these states compete with each other to be the best, and that's to our benefit, right? Most countries have a national corporate law, but after the American Revolution, the states said, no, 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 we want to control corporate law. So we have state-by-state corporate laws, which is Mm -hmm. great, because Nevada, Wyoming, and Delaware compete with each other to have the best asset protection. Now, what are the other differences? Well, Nevada and Delaware are $350 a year. Uh, Wyoming is only $62 a year. So there's a a price difference there. Wyoming doesn't list your name on the state website. 
so that's an advantage too. And so Kent, when we give people, when we run down the uh, differences, most people will pick the Wyoming LLC. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, I'm getting, I probably get five to 10 calls a week, somebody trying to buy my property and they even call my wife, they're calling everybody. So it sounds like I need to get more of these Wyoming LLCs to keep my names right. off these lists. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't awesome. know how they find, I have the same situation. I don't know how they find me, but they do. Um, yeah. You're out there somewhere. Yeah. It's a, uh, but no, I, in all honesty, I appreciate you running that down because you always hear about these, you hear about pros and cons, and it sounds like it comes down to just Wyoming. There's, it's a value, value, and there's some privacy. Correct. Gotcha. Right. And, and it's, it's, again, it's about setting up that holding company. Um, and then, cause I think it's another misconception. People think that, cause that was what I always thought. It's like, well, if you're doing business in that state and something happens in that state, like you're going to be subject to the laws of that state. And that's yeah. why the the property or the operating business like is is that state's LLC, but it's about getting right. that second layer to the holding company level. Correct. And so gotcha. we have five property holding LLCs in five states. Owned, all five are owned by one Wyoming LLC mm -hmm. and then mm -hmm. owned by you or your living trust if you have one. And gotcha. you mentioned the single member, Kent, you know, five single member LLCs, no federal tax return flowing to the Wyoming LLC owned by you, single member flowing to your personal return. So all yeah. you have to do at that level is the state returns and there's no state tax in Wyoming. So we don't have to worry about a state tax return in Wyoming. So nice. it can be very simple in terms of uh, taxation, but you still have the asset protection even if you're a single member LLC in Wyoming. Gotcha. As long as you're following the rules and you're exactly. doing the meetings and you got the bank account for all the individual LLCs, right? right. And, and, you're, and you're following those standards. Gotcha. Well, Garrett, I mean, this has been hugely educational. I think we, we covered a lot of stuff. Clearly, there's so much more below each of these topics to dig into. And that that's why, again, you wrote the book about it and that book looks fairly thick. So I think there's a lot of content in there. And so, um, so as we're kind of wrapping things up, I mean, any, anything else that we didn't hit on today that folks should, should take away from our conversation? Uh, well, in Veil Not Fail, you know, it's, it's not legalese. The way I write my books, I tell stories. Mm -hmm. And uh, in Veil Not Fail, there's some great stories about, you know, husband versus wife. And uh, there's, there's a story about how the Communist Party tried to pierce the veil of entities in San Francisco. I mean, there's some great stories <laughs> that illustrate the principles. Uh, so, you know, it's not a dry legal topic. They're, they're, they're humans fighting it out in court. It's, it's interesting. Yeah, I appreciate that. I'm, I'm definitely going to be picking up a copy because, you know, I mean, asset protection is so important for, for people out there. I think we work so hard to accumulate assets, right? It's like once right. you get on that path, like you, you mentioned the W-2 piece. And, and once you're beyond that and you've actually realized, okay, I got my way out. My way out is by accumulating assets, by buying real estate. But then the last thing you want to do is lose it all. Right. And so that's why this is really critical for folks. Well, and the more you have, the bigger target you are. That's right. You know, no one's going right. to sue you when you're poor. Uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, you've got assets and they're going to go after you. That's right. It, that's it, right. It's a sad commentary, but that is absolutely the truth. Yeah. No, I mean, it makes total sense. And I love it's just simple. It's just it's just uh, about 
how it's how attorneys are incentivized and it's working off their behavior, right? I mean, I mean, yeah. they're incentivized by contingency payments. If there's nothing to go after, they're not going to waste their time. Correct. Right. Right. Makes complete sense. Okay, Garrett, before I let you go, I, we have our keys to success round. I want to ask you four questions. Love to hear your thoughts here. So if you were going to invest in somebody else, in a deal that somebody else has, right? Let's say you're, you're going to be a passive investor. You could only ask them one question before investing. What would that one question be? Have you ever been sued on any of your other deals? Yeah, that, that, I think that's an I would want to know one. that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. What's, what are you most proud of in your career? Uh, writing these books, you know, I enjoy writing. I get up at 4.30 in the morning with a cup of coffee and it's just, it's really enjoyable to me. And then I go to these events and people say they like the books in part because again, I tell the stories to make it accessible for people. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not, I'm not writing in dry legalese. I try and tell the stories. So that's really enjoyable for me, Kent, just to have people come up to me and say they like the books. And I feel like this is such a softball, but like, what's a book that everybody should read? Well, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, for sure. You know, that's, Start that's there. the starting point, yeah. right, right there. Yeah. Um, I, and, you know, I talk to people from all over the country, all over the world, uh, you know, because I provide consultations with people and for half an hour, we get on the phone and Kent, it's amazing how many people are coming to me because they're investing in real estate, which is because they read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. It's, yeah. it's phenomenal. I mean, I'd say it's a common theme on this show too. I, I don't know the exact numbers, but quite a few people, you ask them what book to read and that's the same book. That's the yep. same book. I mean, it got a lot of us started. Yep. Um, yeah, very good. And last but not least, Garrett, what is your number one key to success? Well, uh, here at Corporate Direct, we have a great team. You know, I, I couldn't do this without them. And so we try and get a very cohesive team here. Uh, they're well-educated. They're great at dealing with customers. And so, you know, it, it's not me. It's the team, really. So put a great team behind you. Yep. Awesome. Great advice. Well, Garrett, uh, now that we've reached the end of the show, I, I'm sure folks are going to want to reach out to you. They're going to want to read the book. They're going to want to you know, hear more about what you're saying. How can folks reach you? Well, our main website is corporatedirect.com. And we do provide a free 15 minute consultation with an incorporating specialist. And you can see what our fees are. They're very affordable. And just talk to someone about your situation and, and get advice on how we can help. And then we'll send you a quote out. We want you to know exactly what everything costs. The, the first year is a little bit more because we have to form it. And then the second year, there are these ongoing costs, like we mentioned about piercing the veil. So we want you to know what that costs. So we'd be happy to get on the phone with you, talk to you about our services, provide you with a quote, and hopefully we can help you out. Yeah. And you mentioned before maintenance as one of the most important things. And so, so part of this is, are you helping folks just maintain the various right. LLCs and stay within the standards? Correct. Correct. Gotcha. We'll remind you when you need to pay the state. Uh, we'll remind you that you need to do the minutes. Uh, you know, we're not nags, but we do. We want you to stay protected. So we yeah. will remind yeah. you of things. 
And, uh, you know, it, it's just when you when you fail to do it, it seems like that's when the lawsuit comes. So uh, just staying current is 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 good karma. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But Garrett Sutton, so much uh, knowledge today. Thank you for sharing with us and excited to read your new book uh, and some of those others sounds like too. And we'll make sure that all that's listed down below so folks can click on it and, and get a hold of you and your team. Thank you so much for coming on the show and have a great rest of the day. Thanks, Ken. Thanks for listening to another great episode of Ritter on Real Estate. Hit the subscribe button to make sure you don't miss out on the content that will make you a better investor. Also, visit KentRitter.com for articles, videos, and tools curated just for passive investors. Until next time, this is Kent Ritter with Ritter on Real Estate. Now go out and invest like a pro.